Um, but first, let's help set a couple expectations. The first is the top half of these lights aren't on because I can't find the little switch in the dark. So if it doesn't look right, it's not, and we're just going to move on with it. Second thing is this. At the church, we have four core values uh, that we try to, on a regular basis, do and focus on and celebrate, community being one of them, generosity being another, vitality, we want to see growth. But here's the other one. Ready for this? One of our core values is party. That's right. It's party. So if you came here today just ready to sit back, relax, and do nothing, bad church to be a part of. Because here's the thing. We celebrate what God has done. We celebrate what God is doing, and we're going to celebrate what God still has for us. And so today, we are going to party, because after all, if you go to church and you walk out going, that is irrelevant to my life, and that was stupid, you did something wrong, or we did something wrong, because we're talking about the creator of the universe, right? It says, in him we live and we move and we have our being. He is the lover of our soul. And if we come to a service and you're like, what was that all about? Listen, we partied incorrectly. So today, just plan on partying specifically because we're going to be having kids come out in a minute. And I promise you, you can't help but smile when the kids come out. But first, here's the thing we have to do. If you're here today and you have some type of cellular device, we've been doing this all month long. You should see it coming. I would like you to pull out your phone and log on to whatever your social media platform that you love going to all the time. And now mine is Facebook because I'm a, what am I, uh, Judy, you always remind me, a boomer? No. Oh, I'm a boomer. Yeah. My kid reminds me of that all the time when they use a new word that I don't know and I probably should. So I need you to log on. And so if you're on Facebook or something else, make sure to check in. But I have a question for you. And here's what's today's question. And I've loved interacting throughout the week with different things that people post. Here's my question for you. The best Christmas food is, and fill in the blank. So for my, I see, I hear you guys answering already, but you can't answer if you're not typing. You got to be typing too. Ready? I'm posting mine. It's going out there now. And here's what mine is. Continue as David Amston. What, just post it. Okay. Like so much happening. My answer is always simple. Homemade Christmas cookies with way too much icing. And if you've been here in the past, you know my rule, but for those who are new, you need to know what the law is. It is the biblical law. It's not the biblical law. It's the, like, when you ice a cookie, if your tooth hits cookie before icing hits your gum, you don't have enough icing on it. That's how you have to measure it. Is anybody in here with me on that? Okay, thank you. If you've ever made homemade, ice, uh, homemade cookies and you can see the cookie through the icing, throw it, throw it away. Make it a doorstop. It is, you, no one's going to enjoy it. And you're a stingy Grinch. Okay, I'll go ahead and say it now. I can say that because I'm willing to wear really stupid sweaters that you were waiting for me to point out. But I had to point it out because right now we're in the middle of our Elf Code. The Elf Code, what has it been? We've covered it for three weeks now. Let's just review where we've been so far. Week number one, we're going to treat every day like it's Christmas. How is that possible? Well, according to even the song we just sang, God with us. So God didn't come to visit us and leave and good luck for the next 2,000 years after I died on a cross. No, he actually, God came to be with us. And so if we're aware, just like baby Jesus in a manger, if we're aware of what that is, then guess what? We can live every day like it's Christmas. And so we should get up in the morning and do small things like this. Good morning, God. 
You should get up in the morning and just say, Lord, how was your day today? And you may go, well, that's a really corny prayer. Wait a second. I asked my kids that when they come home from school. I asked my wife, you know, how did you sleep last night? How was your day today? I have basic conversations with every friend that I have. Isn't God a friend? And according to the word, he should be our friend. And so we have those basic conversations. Um, uh, number two is there's room for everyone on the nice list. And I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with you last week. If you missed it, you want to go back. But the bottom line, in our life, there are places where we need to remember the difference between the naughty and the nice list. You're on the nice list because of Jesus Christ, not because of what you've done. It's not the, the gifts you give, it's not the money you sow, it's not the lives that you influence. You're on it because Jesus Christ died on the cross and put you on a nice list. And as passionate as he is to put you on the nice list, I bet you have a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a roommate, a, whatever it might be, that he's as passionate about finding them. You know, sometimes I think we forget about how passionate Jesus is. And I remember this time of year of shopping, years ago my wife took the kids. How many remember an old store? If you're, by the way, if you're in town or if you're watching us online, you may not. How many remember a place called Shop and Save? Right, the building. So my wife went into Shop and Save one time and uh, one of our kids, and I'll go ahead and tell you who he is, it was Gideon, decided this was the place to play hide and go seek with mom. So Gideon, amen. No, you don't want to amen hide and go seek play in the middle of a store. But so Gideon had decided to play hide and go seek and went and hid behind a bunch of the toilet paper. And have you ever lost your kid before? By the way, get ready. I'm going to start walking. So mom's got her grocery cart, and you kind of go and you look down this aisle, and you look down that aisle, and you get all the way to the, back to the fruit section, and you didn't see him. So what do you do? Turn the cart, and this time you're walking kind of like this. And by the third time, Cammie's yelling his name. And just yelling down the aisle. And something amazing happens. When you start yelling a kid's name and looking very frantic, they shut the whole, the whole grocery store down. They don't let anybody come in and out. And everybody's looking for Gideon. And Cameron remembers there were a couple people that were not interested in what she was interested in. You know why? Not their kid. But for Cammie, nothing was more important in that moment than founding that which was lost. And when it comes to putting people on the nice list, there may be people that don't care. There may be people that are disinterested. But your Savior is walking up and down aisles right now, shutting down stores, yelling your name because he wants you on the nice list. How much should we be doing the same? So this week, it's the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Does that mean we're singing more today? Everyone give me a ho, ho, ho. No, it can't be. It's Christmas time. We got to do that. So we're going to talk about uh, uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. So let's just look at the word cheer real quick. Cheer. If you look up the definition, it is to install, instill hope or courage, to make glad or happy, to experience great pleasure or delight. And so when we talk about we want to spread the Christmas cheer, I would almost say it like this. Jesus didn't come just to save you, although that is an absolutely part of it. Jesus didn't just come in order for you to model your life after his so you can have the best life now, which is, that, is absolutely part of it. But I would, have, I would say this, 
Jesus came to bring a cheer or joy back to the human nature, back to the human culture, back to human society that we have been missing for thousands of years. Because at some point, if you don't know what the end game is, if you don't know what redemption looks like, if you don't know what hope at the end of the story looks like, at some point it becomes actually, we called it the dark ages, right? There's, there's a silence that occur. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And he found that the greatest way in order to spread this cheer is actually to give to other people. And I will say this, and I always take an opportunity during this month of the year to do a public thank you. I do know a, the vast majority of people that are here today for the watch online, you believe this. Because you give, like David and Cammie are so blessed during this holiday season. I mean, from gift cards to bags of cookies to tins of cookies to actually a lot of cookies. I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be honest, it's hard to keep weight when you guys fatten me up during the summer, there's wintertime. Although don't stop. I'm not telling you to quit that. But I actually do believe that it's better to give than it is to receive. Because I remember as a kid, you'd come down your Christmas morning, tree would be set up. How many do this? You just start jiggling gifts. Some of you don't know what this is like because you open your Christmas gifts early and you know what they're all about and you've ruined Christmas, my opinion. And, but, but my mom and dad would wait till Christmas Eve to stack the presents underneath the tree and mom would always wrap like my gifts in one wrapping paper. Does anyone's parents do this? And every kid has their own. So the number one thing we get to do on Christmas morning is to figure out which wrapping present is ours. And I always remember as a kid, this was my favorite time of year. It always seemed like it took 427 days to get to the next Christmas and not enough kids in here. You remember how it took like forever. But now that you're parents, doesn't it seem like it's here every 52 days? Like it's here so quick, right? Because we have like this time deception that happens the older you get. But I will tell you now, there's hardly ever a present sitting underneath the tree for me. But somehow... I think I love Christmases more now than when I did when I was a kid. Because to see, and I can't tell you, but this year there's going to be a present coming out from the back. It's for Mariah, not you. And, like, we get to roll it in, whatever it might be. Like, I can't wait when she thinks her Christmas is done to be able to bring in that one last one. Because it is just better to give than it is to receive. And if Jesus thought that it was better to receive than to give, he could have just showed up set up a throne, and made everyone worship him. But what did he do? He gave his life. And so it is better to give than it is to receive. And something is just, let's just say, odd that happens during this time of Jesus that we consistently see throughout the Bible because they don't just record for us what happened during this Christmas time? Here's actually one of the things that happened in Luke 1 39 through 40. Mary's pregnant. Joseph decided not to divorce her. Mary wants to go see her cousin Elizabeth, who's also pregnant with child that should not be pregnant with child. Her husband can't even talk at this point because he decided to have a you know, debate with an angel, which, by the way, if you're looking for just New Year's resolutions, make this one. Don't debate with angels. Like, just FYI, if you want to add that one. It says in verse 39, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down, uh, to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth being her cousin who's also pregnant. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled 
So the very first thing that we see with Jesus, the very first sign that this baby who was actually in the womb, because at conception, life began with Jesus. And if you missed that, I'll say that again. It wasn't when Jesus came out. There was life inside of the womb. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth starts jumping for joy. And the first thing we see is Jesus gives something away. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. And then, but why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come visit me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ear, cheer happened. And what was Elizabeth's response then? To sing a song. There was something about taking this moment and codifying and something about taking this moment and remembering it with the song. And so in Luke 46 through 55, you have Mary's song. And you'll go, okay, so Elizabeth was an artist. She just sang songs. No big deal. Well, if you fast forward a little bit into Luke 1, verse six, verses 67 through 80, the father of John, who we come to know as John the Baptist, after his baby was born, and he wrote on a tablet, his name shall be John, his mouth was once again able to be opened because he, want, he was affirming what the angel had said to him. What does this dad do? He breaks out in song. The Bible is a musical, everyone. You have to love music. The Bible is a musical. And you go, okay, well, these are just two people. No, it's not just two people because then we look in Luke 2. The shepherds are out there. The angels bust through the day that Jesus is born. And the angels could have said, hey, we have really good news for you. The Savior that was prophesied by Isaiah, that for 400 years no one's been talking, that you've been looking for the coming Messiah, that David's throne needs to be sat upon once again. They could have, like, told everybody, but they didn't. They broke out of heaven and they said this suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared and the angels praise God by singing ready glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those in whom boy I didn't copy King James I'm used to quoting this in King James and that scripture threw me off so glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests the angels sang a song and here's why I'm here to tell you today we do not start services by just merely singing because that is the tradition of Christians. We sing because singing does something amazing. Singing actually activates a part of your brain for your memory that normal memorization doesn't do. And I'm going to prove this to you. See if you know this song. A, B, C, D. Everyone knows? Okay, I believe you know your alphabet, but you see... Like, how is it every kid around America knows this simple tune of A, B, C, D, E, F, G? It's because we learn the alphabet with this tune, and it's the tune that activated a part of our brain that we don't just forget too easy. But then something else, when you sing, and by the way, uh, I, normally anytime I do a sermon where I start quote, quoting outside resources, I make sure to tell you what this is. These facts are so easily and readily available. You can look them up for you today. Most of my research came from psychology today. It says, when you sing, it is almost impossible to think about other things. It's amazing. Your challenges of life, and when you are focused on what you're doing, being fully in the moment allows us from welcome distractions, from other thoughts, issues, and burdens. Singing brings a refocus. 
So that one of the reasons we start our services by singing is to refocus you from the other six days that you've been a part of. And if you've ever been in worship and like, man, when I worship, I think about everything else. My question would simply be this. Are you actually opening your mouth singing the words that we're saying? Because there is something about amazing grace. How the sound that saved. When's the last time you called yourself a wretch? Right, But the moment you solidify that thinking with this amazing theology and you add it to a little bit of tune, something changes in your life to where you remember it and you even use language that you're not used to. But tell me right now, who when we were singing Amazing Grace for 15 seconds was wondering in the back of the head, is Argentina winning today's World Cup game? One, two, three. Three of you. You weren't singing. No, like... But here's the thing, the moment we dialed into song, the only thing you can focus on is that. And because it brings your head. And while we're talking about the World Cup, God let Argentina win today. But that's just, that's just me. You may like France. <laughs> All comments that came from everyone else has not from, uh, uh, been politically endorsed or stands behind navigation because we're for Argentina. Um, When you memorize a song, it uses different aspects of your uh, brain. Song, something amazing. When a, when a mother with a good or bad voice begins singing over a child. Have you ever had a kid that was crying and you're trying to like, get them to stop crying and you're bouncing and you're burping and you're changing and you're feeding and doing all those type of things, but then you start singing over them. When you start singing over a child, science has told us that it actually releases oxytocin or the love hormone in the infant. To be able to help soothe them. And oddly enough, the same thing can happen in you. When you start singing a song, it can release the same endorphin that brings you joy. And I'm going to prove that to you. Because I got friends in low places where the... And the chase is my... I didn't say it. You said it. Okay. When I started singing that, how many immediately smiled even though you didn't mean to, right? How many wanted to jump in? Because this is a song that we do. And right now, if you're sitting here going, I can't believe they just talked about whiskey and beer in church. Number one, you missed the point. Number two, you might be a Pharisee. So let's just keep moving on. Let's just, no, let's just keep moving on here. You, you religious spirit, we bind you. Okay, so let's just move on right now. But here's the thing, something happened right now. That's why in a World Cup soccer match, we could turn it on right now, and I guarantee the fans are singing. Ole, ole, ole. I've never wanted to sing so bad on a Sunday morning, but don't worry, I won't, more than I already have. It releases something inside of you. But then here's also things that you may not know about when it comes to the health benefits. The health benefits, did you know that singing can, can boost your immune system. Physically, it helps you feel better and fights off diseases by singing. Did you know that singing reduces stress? How many here, when we just sang friends in low places, by the way, those on Facebook, if we got kicked off, you got to go, well, it's too late for you. But like, 
it, re- it actually decreases or releases stress in your body. That when you start singing, it benefits your heart. Oddly enough, there was so much on this. I read way too much about this. When you sing properly or improperly, because of the different type of breath technique that you use, it floods your body with oxygen, which in case you don't know, you need to live. But because of that, it increases the strength of your heart. And so it actually, it benefits your heart. It increases your, in, uh, your energy. It actually, this is an amazing thing, it actually can improve your memory. And we already proved that with the alphabet song. But I remember years ago, there was a guy named Tim Tebow, and many of you probably remember him, Tim Tebow. Okay, so they were talking, his mom used to sing psalms to him. And the amount of psalms that he knew because of song was absolutely amazing. And it's a whole different part of your memory that, gets, that kicks in. It fosters clear thinking through correct breathing, which we've kind of already covered that. Here's one for you that I just thought was hysterical. How many could sing a happy song like this? Even down to the very posture that we take, singing can improve it. And so when we do our Sunday morning songs, when we have around a Christmas tree, last night driving home, we were singing all kinds of songs to the kids. We just had fun as a family singing. I was out of tune the whole time. It can bring families together. You need to sing loud for all to hear because that is the best way to spread the Christmas cheer. And right now, I still don't, I, I still don't know if you guys believe me fully. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask for a little bit of help to sing loud. I'm going to ask a little bit of help to bring, if I can say it this way, some joy to our world. And I almost, I dare you not to smile. I dare you not to have fun right now. I dare you to uh, re, uh, hold back the love hormone that's inside of you when not just me, but every nav kid that's a part of church today starts singing loud for all to hear. Hey, nav kids, can I get a little bit of help? <laughs> 